We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Before we get started on today's episode, big ups to the members of the Patreon. We got... Nick Chavez, Christopher Velasquez, Daniel Gibson, Derek Pleates, Devin Rendon, Jake the Snake Powers, Corey Johnson Hoops, Mike Wozniak, and my guy, the good brother from Buffalo, Flying Ryan Pisner. And big ups to, we got a new member of the Patreon, Kimber, Kimberly Morelli. Thank you so much for your contribution, as well as Ashley Elizabeth, who pledged for an entire year the other day i thank you all for the support we're up to 57 patrons if we can get to 75 by my birthday my birthday is march 11th the boy turning 30 oh <laughs> oh man oh man we're just happy to be here folks we're just happy to be here so housekeeping notes the podcast and chill with dami from finney shoes that is up the podcast and chill with brianna siaka that is up we got super bowl fallout Go and check out those podcasts if you haven't. There is video content pumping daily on the YouTube channel. We got clips. We got segments. We got full pods on there as well. And make sure you are following us on Instagram at Veterans Minimum is where you can follow the show and as well on Facebook and on Twitter. We got merch. Hit me up if you want a crew neck. We got small to 2XL. We got the gray with the gold print. We got the black with gold print. We got the black with the traditional colors. We got the white with the traditional colors. Hit us up. We'll get the crew neck out to you. I've already sold a pretty decent amount, man, after just one set of promotion, and it was awesome. So all that stuff is being put back into the show. We are reinvesting, doubling up everything back into the show. So thank you all for the support. Enjoy this one. My guy, Jarrell Harris from Sports Illustrated, pulls up. 
fun conversation, man. We got to talk hoops. We got to talk a little bit. You got a little bit of both. You got some podcast and chill vibes, and you got some NBA vibes. Deep dive into the NBA. And really, really good dude. Really cool dude. And shouts to Ty, man. His brother Ty, who set this up for us a while back. It was the first time that I got him in studio. And you guys know how it is, man. When you do Zooms, when you do FaceTime shows as opposed to doing them in person, it's completely different. So this is really the first time that I had Jarrell Harris on the show. So we talk about sneakers. We talk about hoops. We talk about a lot of stuff. So sit back, relax, and congrats. Jarrell Harris from Sports Illustrated. Finally, in person, we did one of these over the phone during like COVID season. It ain't the same though, bro. It's not. Not at all, man. Not at all. It's, it's a different vibe. Jarrell Harris from Sports Illustrated. Dude, thank you for pulling up, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, I appreciate you, man. It's uh, it's I been. Love, a, been I love the setup, man. This is this is amazing. Yeah, thank you, thank you. There's nothing that gets me more excited than when people compliment me on the show or, or the studio <laughs> setup. So already you're off on a, on a good foot, but dude, um. First of all, I'm a fan of your work, for real. I think what you do is super unique and different with the whole sneaker culture and basketball culture, looking at it from a different perspective. And I think my favorite thing about you is that because it's what makes you unique. And obviously, I discovered you through your brother Ty. Shouts to Ty and, and my buddy Dylan. Them two used to work together. The audience knows Dylan. He's been on the show a couple times. But... When he told me about you and I was looking at your stuff, I was like, damn, this shit is dope because I feel like, and you have way more experience in sports media than I do because you actually went through like the proper ranks, right? Like I've taken a completely different route. What's your background and like, like education wise? Yeah. <laughs> I went to Siena College in Albany. Uh, I don't know why I went three hours away. I just wanted to get out of the city for sure. Um, but they gave me the best opportunity. They didn't have a journalism program at all, so I kind of had to like make, make up my own thing. Uh, intern for the athletic department, so they gave me like free reign to like do a bunch of creative stuff. I, I got to like interview all the athletes, I got to <laughs> film people, um, and one of my best friends was on the basketball team, so I used him for like everything, like just to practice like interviewing athletes. So, like, just call and be like, yo, I need to record you for something. Let's make some highlights or something like that. Um, but on top of that, I was also the sports editor of the student newspaper. So I used those clippings to get an internship at SNY and worked with the Mets for, like, one summer before my senior year. Um, I was part of their media relations team, so I got to, like, hand out game notes to media. Um, all the, like, when they promote, like, the toy trucks, on TV. Oh, like, yeah. You know, Bobbleheads and yeah, all, all that. that. It's like, I'm usually behind, like, holding it like that. Oh, <laughs> damn. That's dope. Humble um, beginnings, huh? For real. And sometimes I was, like, in a broadcast booth with the guys, just, like, overwatching, like, what they do. Um, do me a favor. Just move that mic just a little bit closer to you. Yeah, yep. right there. It's perfect. Mm -hmm. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. So. I don't like to edit afterwards. My so bad. Just make it, my nah, bro. nah. You my good. Bad, you good, bro. Bad. I should have done a better job <laughs> of setting it up for you. Nah, my bad. Um, But I was just overwatching what they did in the broadcast booth. And then from there, 
I had like a million internships. I had a Dime magazine. Uh, that's where I got my first like actual experience, like interviewing someone that's a pro athlete, like Mario Chalmers. He used to play for the Heat. Yeah, yeah. It was yeah. like my first interview ever. So every time I hear his name, like something like Jesus goes through me. It's like just like, for excitement. Um, trying to see what else. Uh, did that for a few years, for two years. Then I interned f- with Complex for three months. And I was like, this is not for me. Like the whole vibe wasn't wasn't there. I wasn't feeling it. Um, but I came back with a freelance um, opportunity through them. But it was like part of their branded content team. So it was more stuff that I related to, like working with brands and connected it with sports. So like someone like Julian Edelman, who was like working on with, I forgot what brand he was, but I'll interview him about the brand. Or remember I interviewed Jamal Charles, who used to be on the on the Chiefs. Yeah, man. Uh, Yo, funny story about Jamal Charles. The first time I ever did fantasy football, and it was for money. He was my fourth pick, fifth pick. Now, <laughs> I'm probably like, this is maybe 2012, 2013. So I'm, I'm like delivering pizza. Mm-hmm. So this is a $200 league. This is like a big boy league for me at the time. And he's my first pick, fourth or fifth pick. Second game of the year, steps on like the first down marker, oh, no. blows out his knee. And I was like, <laughs> I remember oh that. my God, dude, that play is so I iconic. I've talked about it at nausea. Mm-hmm. So anytime I hear Jamal Charles, because it's weird, because the year before I had him and he won me my league, and then the next year I take mm-hmm. him and it's like, damn, I just donated. <laughs> but I don't send hate tweets to them, you yeah. know, like the fantasy community is tripped I'm like out sometimes. Big on, we'll talk about this, but I'm yeah. definitely big on like fantasy basketball. Like me and my boys have had one for like seven years now. So it's like a very loyal group, like ten of us, and like we play for money and stuff like that. But like the, like the, <laughs> we curse. Yeah, bro, like, yeah, like the like the shit talking, like is it's amazing. Like every single day in the group chat, just talking shit. To that's each other. Just, that's the same so thing I with us. It. I I had an awful experience, bro, with uh, fantasy basketball. So I did a fantasy basketball league last mm-hmm. year. I had the second pick, and I took Steph Curry. And it's pretty much like it was a it was a 10, 12 man league. About eight of the guys were the same guys that I play in my yearly football league with, mm-hmm. which is like all my childhood friends. It's about eight years we've been doing it. And same thing, man. Like, I mean, if you follow me on the gram, you know, I'll be cutting like yeah. promos and <laughs> I do like wrestling photo shoots mm-hmm. with the green screen just to troll them. I love it. So with basketball, I take Curry. He gets hurt. I had Zion. They didn't have him till January. Mm-hmm. I lose Markinen. I lose Vucevic. I lose... Bro, I lost like seven of my first nine picks. It got so mm-hmm. bad. And I was getting shellacked. I was losing all the categories. Like, it was so bad that I did the most bitch-ass thing ever. Oh, I was just man. like, yo, here's the money for the league. I'm <laughs> out, bro. Yo, you can't do that. <laughs> I was like, yo, I'm out. They're like, for real? They're like, yo, yo you're mad loyal. and pat-. Nah. I was like, yo, I can't do this, bro. Literally, yo, I was in that league for about 16 days. And every other day, I would lose a guy. Nah. And I'm like, what the? Before you know it, I'm starting like Nerlens Noel mm-hmm. and and all these like random ass bench dudes just because they're playing 20 minutes. Yeah, that's the number one rule. We can't do that, man. Like we we just make fun of each other. We're like, yo, you tanking this year? Like some of my boys are like, they haven't won a game yet. Like I'm eight and zero right now in our league, and but I'm getting like the injury bug right now. Mm. AD's out, D'Angelo Russell's out, um, OG and Inobi just came back, so that's helping me out a little bit. But it's brutal. Damn, so I bitched out, right? Yeah. That's terrible. So, dude, after a complex, you do some freelance stuff, and then where do you end up? Uh, I worked for this small media company, like right after I graduated, a uh, sports video group. Um, wasn't the best, like, 
place I wanted to be, but the people there were amazing. Like, they helped me out. Um, and it was, like, part-time, but it was, like, something that gave me some money on the side while I was, like, working, like, freelance for other spots as well. But I got lucky one time. Uh, I also interned at Hoop Magazine, um, freelance contributor, and they invited me to, like, it was like, hey, we don't want to go to this event, so can you go for us? And then I found out it was a Jordan brand event. So I was like, Damn. all right, cool. And it was for the Jordan 29. And it was like, yeah, so you get to wear the sneaker, um, get to play in it, and then you write a, like 150 words about it and we'll pay you. I was like, perfect. It was like, this is like yeah, the best job ever. Yeah. I was like, all right, cool. So I went, um, and that developed my relationship with the brand, and I'm still cool with them t- until this day. But through that, it's like going to different sneaker events. That's how like I networked with like meeting other people. And one of those people that I met was Matt Dollinger, who was the NBA editor at Sports Illustrated at the time. And I was just telling him, I was like, yo, Sports Illustrated is like one of my dream jobs. So I was like, how can I get into the door? Can you help me? And he put in the word for me. And fast forward like six years later. Damn, six years you've been there? Yeah. um, I make six years in March. Officially, wow, good shit, so, bro. Yeah, I appreciate you. Um, especially nowadays, man, like you always see these reports. And you know, one thing for me, Jarrell, I've, I've sort of done it very unconventional. Uncon- like, I uh, I interviewed with some company over the summer and they reached out to me, right? I've been very active on LinkedIn, mm-hmm. like, I've been posting on LinkedIn too. I get a bigger reach, like, on videos on LinkedIn than like some YouTube videos because some pop, some mm-hmm. don't. It's just like trial and error. Sometimes it's the key wording in the videos that you put. There's a lot of like analytic yeah. shit that goes People into it. People sleep on LinkedIn. Like, Yo, man, don't sleep it's, on it. It's, it's really like, yeah, really we're going to sound like Gary Vee right now. Yeah. But it's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's the next, that's the one that people are starting to use as like a social networking tool. Not so much in the beginning, LinkedIn was like business thing. Mm-hmm. Like here's my resume, this and that. But now it's like sort of like an Instagram, Facebook kind of, but still very professional. Yeah. So they reached out to me. They're like, hey, we love your work. We want you to, to interview for a sports betting thing that you have. And like sports betting is the one thing that is my strongest suit. And it's what makes me unique. I don't know all the answers to the test. It's impossible mm-hmm. to. Right? Professional betters, they aim for 55% so they can be able to be professional betters. Think about that, bro. Like in high school, if you pulled up to your parents with a 55, they'd be like, yo, get the <laughs> fuck out of here with that bullshit. But if you're a professional better, you could actually live and make a living mm-hmm. doing that. So... I interview and whatnot, and then it got to a point where they're like, oh, you're not that experienced, you know, the whole you're on our radar, this and that. I was like, y'all reached out to me. I didn't mm-hmm. even want this, you know? So it's it was a I weird thing, and it just got to a point where, like, I'm doing my own thing. I don't, I don't even know what my dream job will be. Mm-hmm. My dream job is not to wake up at 3 a.m., like, for real. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm tired of waking up at 3 a.m., but for you to be able to work at Sports Illustrated and that was like a dream place that you wanted to do is like super popping, bro. I mean, it's a road getting to where I'm at was long. Like I started two days, like they just gave me two days, like we working weekends, like, and I had, a, well, my girlfriend at the time, she's my fiance now, but it was like those, she works every day and then I don't get to see her like on the weekends. So that because was that's like when brutal. she's off and then you're working. Yeah. And then they bumped me to three days a week and I was working one night a week. <laughs> so it was like, well, three days a week. And then I had like one night shift and that was brutal. I'm like such a morning person. I wake up at like six in the morning and I'm like ready to start my day. But they put me on like uh, working 6 p.m. to 2 a.m. 
And that was brutal. And it's like every time, like, going back home, it's like, is this really what I want to do? But I worked my butt off. Um, then they finally made me full-time, like, after, like, a year or so. And I was working different beats. I, I get to edit, like, NBA, MLB, sometimes soccer. So it was, like, good learning about other sports as well. But I knew I had to create, like, my own niche because I never wanted to, like, be a reporter. Like, there's, like, too many reporters, like, How's the game? Like, focus yeah. on stats or anything? That's never been my lane. So I was like, I would love to merge culture and sports like together, like sneaker sports. Um, let's do jerseys or anything. Like, let's talk off like about everything off the court. Let's do that. And at least like I think two years after they like um, made me join the NBA team, and then fortunately two of the guys left. But that kind of put me in a manager like position, and now for two years I've been running the ship there. So that's dope, man. That's super dope, and especially you're right that you didn't want to just be a reporter because I didn't want to just be a reporter. I don't want to be an analyst. I feel like you could get stats from anywhere. Yeah. Right. Like even me, I get stats from the same places everyone does. But it's really important to be able to show your personality and to what makes you unique. Like I went to one of those. I went to a live wrestling podcast one time. And uh, this old wrestler, Edge, I mean, he's back in, mm -hmm. in wrestling now. But he was doing, like, a Q&A with fans. And someone asked him, like, yo, you know, I want to start a po wrestling podcast, right? And at the time, I also had a wrestling podcast. I was doing three podcasts a week, dude. I was doing, like, six episodes a week for about three years. Like, yeah, I was hustle, really, man. really grinding. But now, like, looking back at it, the same thing with you, what you said in passing before. Like, it sucked. The journey sucks. Mm -hmm. But it's also what made you today who you are. Because you also think in the back of your mind, like, yo, I'm not trying to do all that stuff that I was doing before, right? And it's yeah. also growth and it's growing pains and whatnot. So some fan asked them, and I'm sure you've had this before, too. And I, I think people listening have had this before, too, where you might listen to someone talk for an hour, but they say something in 30 seconds, and that's the only thing you remember. Mm -hmm. So the dude Edge was like, at the time, he said there was over 100,000 wrestling-based podcasts. He's like, why should people listen to you? What makes you different and unique? I was just like, oh, that's right. I can't be proper. I can't. I'm, I mean, I have an associate's degree. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It's, I wear like a badge of honor now because that is what makes me unique and stand out. And I like combining both sports and long form conversation. Mm -hmm. It's a wrestling fan to me, bro. Like, I love your story. Like, already, like, I'm into it because. There's a human element to it that people can relate to yeah, also. Man. So like with you, when you're merging the sports is and and like, yo, the new Jordans that came out, because dude, every athlete gets the, you know, you had 20 yesterday. That was a great performance. Man. <laughs> How'd you feel? It's like, I've been asked that. But when you pull up to them and they're like, yo, you're going to buy the new exactly. cement fours that came out? They're going to be like, oh, who said that? Mm -hmm. Yeah, man. You know, I had to like, pull up the PJ Tucker who has 100,000 sneakers mm -hmm. and shit. So that's cool that you found that niche. And I think that's you also, mm -hmm. which makes it easier. Yeah. You have to be authentic, man. And it's like something that you really want to do. Like, you have to create your own rules. Like, Sports Illustrated, like, they're very, you know, it's old white guys. So you have to come in and, like, be your own person. Like, this young black kid is coming in and he's wearing sneakers and talking about different things. And when I get to interview athletes, they're like, oh, this is different. It's like, we never had this kind of interview at Sports, well, Sports Illustrated before. So it's pretty dope. Yeah, man. It's the same thing with me. Like every time that I've interviewed an athlete, 
and, and I've had some like NFL guys on and whatnot. And, you know, after, uh, they'll like follow me and DM me and be like, yo, I really enjoyed the conversation. It was different. I'm like, yo, that, that's, that's better hearing that than you reposting it. Mm-hmm. Like for real, just knowing that I stood out and I made that kind of impression because it's the same thing. Like I didn't ask when I had Deion Jones on from the Falcons, I didn't mm-hmm. ask him about his game the week before. Like the only thing I asked him that was relative to that was, yo, when you intercept the pass and you sprint for 50 yards, like how tired do you get? Cause how, how often do you have to sprint full speed for that like long of a duration you know and things like that and we started talking about his college football days and i'm telling him how i'm an lsu fan even though i've never been down Mm -hmm. there and he's like bro we got to set that up once covid clears out so it's it's all about like finding your niche and finding what works for you and i think with you with the sneakers first of all i've been dying to ask you this all these sneakers that they send you you get to keep them yeah You fucking got the best I mean, job. You never right. got to worry about getting beat up on lines <laughs> and all these like crazy viral videos. Dude, every time me and my buddy Dylan, because he's a big sneakerhead, so he'll always send me sneakers when they're going on sale. He's like, I can't wait to hold this L because he like, <laughs> always gets body. And then I'll DM him your tweets about like the new sneakers that come out. And he's like, yo, this fucking guy, man, just gets all these sneakers. He never got away for anything. So yeah. how, how, how'd that come about? Um, Like the... Crazy thing is, my brother Ty, he's always been, like, the biggest sneakerhead in our family. Like, I was not the biggest sneakerhead at all until I, like, started getting into the business. And it was like, hey, you could get paid for writing about sneakers. I was like, all right, this is cool. Um, Very different. But right now, it's like, when they receive me stuff, like, I always appreciate it. And it's a lot. But I do, like, donate majority of my sneakers. Like, especially to my brother and my father. Like, they wear the same size as me. Um, Two of my best friends as well. So, always sending them a few pair of kicks and my fiance, I, I just, I just want to point out, you know, he, he, he came at the handed, but you know, we'll see. Yeah. It's the first what time. Size it's you wear? What size? Nine and a half, bro. I'm on your Twitter right now. You fuck. I got Unbelievable. You. Yeah. I got you next time. <laughs> Yo, I, uh, I don't go hard for sneakers. I got into sneakers as I got older. Cause I had the money to afford them, but my favorite sneakers are the Flint 13s. Never had them. I used to have like a small baby pair that mm-hmm. I would just dangle in my car. I had like a shitty Hyundai, but I had the sneakers. So I was like, damn, yo, one day I'm going to have these. And then I tried to get the Grinch Kobe's. Oh my God. I woke up early. I had the dual monitor set up over there, bro, to your left. I had that shit set up. L, L. I even had one of my buddies, Jordan, who's in the Discord. He uh, He's from Wales. Mm-hmm. So he's like, yo, I'll try to buy them international because they went on sale like two days later or something. I was catching international L's with the sneaker ad, bro. Yeah, they sent that to me. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, of course they did. It must be nice. Yeah, I love it. So, yo, what's uh, are you a fan of 2K? Do you do anything with 2K? Um, Or have you done anything with 2K? I've worked with them on a few projects, but I'm not the biggest video game player at all. Like, my brother's always trying to get me to play all the time. Bro, but... I'm so ass at 2K. <laughs> it's so bad. I'm not going to say I'm ass, but <laughs> I could... I just don't like spending my time like doing that. Yo, it's that's like, the thing, bro. For you to play the 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 like the park shit, mm-hmm. you gotta put in hours, bro, for and real? money, and you gotta pay for that shit yo, too. Yo, I'm so competitive. It's like my career mode is like, yo, I want to be good immediately. Yeah, it's like so, I rather like just play in person, like so. <laughs> real all, life. all my boys, all all my boys had the game. Like they've been playing 2K forever, and I got 2K like during COVID. 
and they're all like 98s, 96s. Mm-hmm. They make new guys. They're 92s within four days. So I made my guy, and then I, I spent like 40 bucks to get the CV, and I get them to like an 80 or 85, whatever one it is, which is like as high as you can mm-hmm. get them, and then you got to work them. But I hate playing career mode, like oh, or franchise. Mm-hmm. I hate that shit. I like playing online, but my guy sucks. <laughs> so like, it's not that I'm trash. It's that my guy is so yeah, bad. For real. And then I'm playing with all elites and all mm-hmm. these guys and people are hovering in on helicopters and shit. And then I play with my boys and we'll lose because I'm like one for five from the field. They're like, yo, we can't play. I was like, dude, there's like 19 shots a game that go up for the mm-hmm. whole team. I took five of them. It just so happened. And then I'm like, yeah, I can't play. I'm just shit. not that committed, but I think I could be really good, but it's just not in my heart to do so. <laughs> but uh, my brother's like always trying to get me to play. Um but for like story wise, like working with them it has been awesome. Like every time they have someone on the cover, they're like, "Hey, do you want to interview?" Them? Well, that's like, why that's I brought cool. it up because I know you've done you've done some big covers where you've yeah. revealed it. Yeah, two K worked with Madden a few times. Um, that's what it was because I think you came on the show a little yeah. bit afterwards. Mm-hmm. That was yeah. dope. Yeah, that was pretty cool. Um, different. Uh, <laughs> he's not really talk like talkative like that, but it was pretty awesome like to see a different side of him as well. Yeah, that's a weird thing, man. Some some athletes don't really go on. They do the cliche radio show mm-hmm. spot eight minutes a week, but you can't really get. That's why I think there's a big appeal with podcasts because you can come on here and you can really talk. You can hear yeah. someone's story. They can defend themselves. Mm-hmm. They can promote something. It's a different approach that you have. And it's also on demand, right? Like you can listen to this for 20, 30 minutes, stop it, go do what you got to do, come back to it and it picks up from there. Whereas if you do a radio spot, it's like they got to get their they got their get their shit in because they only have X mm-hmm. amount of times and they get asked the same questions like, oh, how are you preparing for Pittsburgh this week, Lamar? Right. And it's like, fuck, man, I get it. Yeah, I get a lot of like promotional like um, pitches for like different athletes, but if it does if it found if it sounds too like av- advertising like trying to pitch something like they don't want to talk about anything else about what's going on in their life, it's like half of the time I'm gonna have to turn it down because just. Just doesn't feel right. Like you pitching this thing, but you just want to can't answer any other questions. So it's kind of annoying. Yeah, when people that it's weird though because for me as an independent, you at least have Sports Illustrated backing mm-hmm. you. For me to get guests, a lot of times when they're promoting something is the easiest time to reach out to get them. Yeah, a book, a movie, mm-hmm. a foundation, whatever it might be, a new show. So there's a yin and yang factor to it. But for the most part, again, maybe because it is a podcast and what you do is different, I do have the luxury to ask them a couple questions mm-hmm. about what I want to ask them as well as set them up for, all right, yo, tell me about this foundation that you just started up in Atlanta or in Michigan, wherever it might be. Yeah. So that's where I think it might be a little different mm-hmm. between the two of us. Yeah, for sure. And like, this, it's not necessarily them, but it's more like their agents and managers who's like trying to run everything. So it's like, you can't ask this question. Nope. Nope, nope. So I don't think it's on the athletes or like any celebrity, but it's more the managers that's like, nah, they're not going to talk about this at all. I want to talk a little bit about, well, a lot about the NBA so far this year. Uh, Everyone's played roughly 25, 30 games, all-star break coming up. I want to start off a little bit with like, how you feeling about the season so far, man? It's been a little wacky, right? There's still no fans. Seems weird. It seems like they're still in a bubble, but they're mm-hmm. not. Guys are getting injured, and I think it's because some of the guys that you're seeing get injured played lengthy playoff runs, and then there was no real offseason to just relax. 
And then there was no training camp really or preseason. For as lame as it is, you need to have that mm-hmm. at least to get acclimated to the speed again. And then you're seeing calves be pulled, right? Anthony Davis. I know that's devastating to your fantasy team right now. <laughs> Top of the food chain. They always come after you. And then you see all these guys missing time for various reasons. How do you just overarching outlook on the season so far in the NBA? It feels like one long season from last year. Uh, it just feels so weird. And a lot of these teams, you could see see it like they needed that training camp, as you mentioned. Um the Lakers, like, they went right back into it, like, right after winning the championship. And a team like the Heat, who, like, worked their asses off to get there, and now you see, like, they're drained already. And Jimmy Butler was injured a few times. Uh, Tyler Hero is, like, having a down year. So it's – I'm excited to, like, watch basketball, but at the same time, there's a pandemic going on as well. So it's like, should this be going on? Like, teams are still having outbreaks, as you can see with the Spurs – like two days ago, and like they're still postponing games. Oh, the Wizards! Like three weeks ago, yeah, didn't they have that, like that nine guys ridiculous. out? I think they had seven guys, and they called people up from from the G League team. It's, <laughs> it's like, ridiculous. yo, how do you do that? And then, uh, and they're like talking about all having All Star right now, like March seventh. How, how you feel about that, man? It's see, I'm like the biggest All Star guy fan. Like last year was like my first time ever like experiencing like in person, like going to the game and like having to interview a bunch of players, but. It's like we're in a pandemic right now, and I don't think that's the best thing, like getting guys from different teams all together. And hold on. Not even that. The best fucking guys from every team, too. Yeah. Like, if I'm a, if I'm an owner, if I'm Mark Cuban, I'm like, yo, I don't want Luca going mm-hmm. to this thing. He's going to come back, get, get the Rona. We're already struggling. We're not a team that's like, you know, we're, we're 13 and 15. I got the standings in front of me. KP's in and out the lineups every other week. I send Luca to the All-Star game. He comes back. You know, knock on wood, this dude gets Rona. He's out for two weeks. Close my season. So not only is it a pandemic and you're getting all these players, you're getting the cream of the crop from all these teams coming to one place. And they're going to Atlanta, which is basically open. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> another best, thing, too. Not yeah. the best place. But yeah, Lou, Lou Williams knows all about that, for sure. <laughs> but, um, yeah, the season just feels weird. Like, it helps me and my business, obviously, but... Well, even, even me, too. Like, football just yeah. ended. And the two sports that I really that carry the program throughout the year. So the show is there's two kind of shows. You get a podcast and show, which is long form conversation. You just get to relax and just really just talk and get to learn the guests. And then every week you're going to get like a current events, sort of what's going on in the sports world mm-hmm. kind of thing. And at its core, I got football September to February. And then February to June, I got the NBA. Mixing in NBA throughout the NFL season as well. And then I have the, those two months where I'm just leading up to football because there's so much coverage there too. So I feel you where it's it's dope for us because we have content. We have something to escape to. But it does feel weird watching yeah, it, especially it. with the pandemic ultimately. But then these dudes are getting hurt because I think everything is being rushed and mm-hmm. accelerated. Yeah. And like like you mentioned, it's like, we want to see these guys play, but at what expense? Like, you've seen these guys get injured, and, like, why well, I'm to the NBA Finals, and God forbid, but someone like LeBron catches, like, the virus. It's like... LeBron catches the virus. They're moving the... <laughs> they're going to move thing. everything. Yeah, we're postponing but... <laughs> it for about a week till he get cleared. But, like, that's just the thing, though. It's like, it's not smart, but I understand, like, you have a business, like, and these are people's jobs. Like, 
even not the players, like they're millionaires and stuff like that, but it's like people that work at at the arena. Mm-hmm. Like this is their livelihood. They need this money. So I understand the business um, side of it as well. I want to talk a little bit about Steph Curry, bro, because <laughs> there was a lot of talk on NBA Twitter mm-hmm. this all season. Like, oh, is he shot? Is he done? And then Clay goes down. Suits having a monster year. Yeah, he's ridiculous. It's it's on pace or surpassed certain aspects mm-hmm. of his unanimous MVP season. Yeah. This is also the Steph Curry I thought I was drafting last year at number two overall. But, yo, Curry, we'll save that for a different conversation, bro. How you feel about Curry, man? Because yeah. I do think that last year you heard a lot of things about the uh, Damian Lillard, right? Mm-hmm. And I know him and Dame, it's it's weird because people think as if they were to switch spots, it'd be the same success. Mm-hmm. You don't feel that way? I don't feel that way. Um, no disrespect to Dame whatsoever. He's a yeah, beast. he's my favorite he's basketball cold. player. He's cold. <laughs> um, but I just think Steph is just on one like level above that. I agree with you. Um, but he's looking like 2015 Steph again. And he's heard all the talk for sure. So he's like, I'm going to go out there. I'm going to show them what I can do. So talk about bringing up all these guys like Luca. You want to talk about Dame? Uh, Trey, like, who wants to play it's like me? He's one. like, yeah, yeah, yeah. all right, I'm going to show everyone, like, who I am Yeah, again. don't push me aside, bro. <laughs> I'm still here. I'm still in, in my athletic prime. And he's balling out. Look, he, he's, he's been the most important player for that team, like, the most valuable. We mm-hmm. get that. There's always those conversations of, like, well, Draymond Green is the engine of the Golden State Warriors, like, during those runs. It's like, nah, bro, it's Curry. Yes, like, it's, it's Curry for sure. He's what makes that whole team special. Um, and I want to add, like, he's, like, one of the most conditioned athletes, like, ever. Like, he actually puts in the time, like, to work on his game. And, like, you don't see that stuff, like, during the offseason, like, what he does to his body to get to this point. And he's, like, always running around the court. Yeah. And, like, guys can't <laughs> keep up with that. Well, I also think he had he had such an interesting career trajectory from when he got drafted to where he is now because – one of the reasons why Golden State had that success during like the 2015 to even getting Durant was they struck gold with the ankle issues that he had. Because when he won MVP, bro, he was making like, what, $14 million a yeah. year? I think like mm-hmm. David Lee made more money than him. Exactly. He was the best player in the league. Mm-hmm. So there is a lot of luck to that too where they draft him. He goes to Golden State. Like, I always have this argument with my friends because I'm a Knicks fan. Are you a Knicks fan? Like, what team do you root for? Man, I don't have a team. I've no. always been a player guy. So, okay. it's Jordan, uh, Kobe, and now I, like, I can't root for the Warriors, but I'm a big Steph guy for sure. So, like, with the Knicks, like, it's always, the, oh, man, we could have had Curry, one mm-hmm. pick away kind of thing. And it's like, bro, he had ankle issues, right? There's no way the Knicks weren't going to run him to the ground because New York media would have been like, we want to see Steph. Curry needs to be out there. This and that. And I think he landed at the perfect spot because they took time with him. They understood his injury. They didn't overpay for him. They got a bargain on that deal. Mm-hmm. And then before you know it, they go on the most dominating NBA run, I think, that I've seen in my life. Like, bro, even though they lost the championship, they won 73 games. Like, that's still crazy. <laughs> and also, let's not, let's not, let's not pretend that they got swept or some shit, mm-hmm. you know? Like, it went down to the last shot, bro, with 40 seconds yeah. left Kyrie hit Imagine it. if Draymond didn't get uh, suspended for that one game. Like they The momentum, yeah. yeah. As I've gotten, everything. Yeah, as I've gotten older, because my, my whole thing was, going back to that series, was, well, he played game six and seven. So I get that he got suspended for game five, and they won that game in Cleveland, and the momentum shifted. I, I totally understand that, and I respect that. 
but also he played game six and seven. It's not like he missed the rest of the series. So I've always been like, depending on who I talk to, I kind of like, like a chameleon. I'll blend in with whatever side. It's like, but you got to think about it. Like they returned back home to Cleveland. Like they had all the momentum. That's so true. They won that game, and then every man for themselves. Game, game seven. seven. Like, yeah, right. yeah, yeah. And LeBron's. I th- I think it's he's two and zero in Game Sevens. I don't think he's lost. He's ridiculous. Yeah, man. Yeah, that, so that's another guy we we could bring up too, man. Yeah, Eighteen years, bro. You know, just thirty six, like still looking young, and all these guys. Like I was trying to see who was guarding him the other day, and it just made him look so small. Like got right through him and like dunked it. I was like, yo, how's he doing this at this age? And he's amazing, and he actually invests himself like he puts in the money to like work on his body and i don't think other athletes are doing it like that besides like tom brady <laughs> yeah well that those are the two guys of this yeah. generation that define it mm-hmm. in the nfl and in the nba dude 18 years and you're winning championships and you're you're still the best player in the league that's absurd it's ridiculous <laughs> it's really crazy where are you as far as the legacy thing with lebron now he got four uh I mean, he doesn't have to prove anything like to anyone at all. But I'm always like the I'm the biggest MJ fan of all time, so I don't think he could ever surpass him. But so let me ask you this: If he gets to six right now, they're the Vegas favorite to win the mm-hmm. championship. They would get to five. If he gets to six, I already know because I'm a LeBron fan. Mm-hmm. I side with LeBron. He's the first athlete that I saw from like I remember the game against the Kings, bro, like vividly. I remember yeah. that. So I've been able to, that's the first superstar, global, mega star athlete that I've been able to fully comprehend mm-hmm. and understand his whole career. Mm-hmm. With that being said, I already know people are going to be like, if he gets to six championships, well, he lost in the finals a bunch of times and Mike didn't. No, it's like, it's not even about that for me. Like, I don't care if you lost. Like, that's amazing. He went to 10 NBA finals already. Like, that's ridiculous. So, but <clears throat> what MJ did for basketball is... It probably would have the NBA that you see now. It's wouldn't have happened at all. Like he changed advertising, the culture, um, made it global. global. Yeah, like the last day and showed that dream team changed everything. So without MJ, none of this happens. So I gotta give him credit for that. But if we're talking like on court, like LeBron's gonna pass everyone. Like (laughs) Kareem's like scoring record is that close. Yeah. (laughs) And think about it, dude. He's not even like a scorer, right? Mm-hmm. Like when you think yeah. of LeBron, you always think about like, oh, he's a playmaker. He gets everyone involved. And he's going to just quietly just because of longevity and duration. Like he's also never been hurt, dude. Yeah. But we could do it like this. Like we have to start putting guys like through different generations, like calling the goat of this generation, that generation. Because we're never going to see Mike versus LeBron. So I don't think it's fair. It's it's just a new NBA. Um, what if Mike played in today's NBA? What if LeBron played back then? Like we'll never know. That's true. I think that's the best way to do it. Like mm-hmm. you were the goat for your generation. Yeah. You're the goat for this generation because it's hard. Like why is Bill, Bill Russell never mentioned? This dude has 11 championships in 13 exactly. years, mm-hmm. but no one talks about him because at the time he played in a league where he was the only. I think there was one other like George Mikan was the other like six foot ten guy, and then uh, everyone else was like six five was like the third biggest guy in the league. I was laughing with my friends uh, yesterday. They were talking about uh, Babe Ruth, and like one of my friends called him like the goat. I was like, he's just a, <laughs> a polarized like version of Pablo Sandoval. It's like 
just this fat guy that was like hitting home runs. I was like, come on. He's like, yeah. And they also played in an era where the dude was, that was pitching was a doctor also and like a teacher <laughs> and accountant. Like they weren't just all professional athletes. It's weird, man. Especially when you go all the way that far <laughs> mm-hmm. back, it's like, nah, he's not he's not hitting Noah Syndergaard when he's throwing one on one. Like shit like that is completely different. How do you feel about the the Lakers? Do you think they're gonna repeat? I know they're losing AD for a couple weeks <laughs> yeah. now, calf strain, but it's very rare that you see a team win a championship and they got so much better. Yeah, um, I think they they have the best spot right now. Um, but maybe this is a blessing to have like AD. Like chill, relax. Chill, relax. Um, but is it though? Because now it's going to be more on on Braun to carry the load. Yeah, but hopefully they don't like give him more minutes. But just they're going to make the playoffs no matter what. Right. So just like chill out, rest up until like All Star break, and he's going to give him a break. But it, it's crazy. I don't know if you saw the the viral video with Supreme Dreams. They like I'm 36, like LeBron. Um, but, like, having, like, all these super teams, like, the Nets, which we're probably going to talk about soon, it's tough. But they at least they get this break at, at least. So. Let's, not, let's not wait. I, w- I want to talk super teams. Because okay? I think it's, in my opinion, it's the most polarizing conversation you have with NBA fans. Because you're either all in or you're all out on super teams. My question to you is, how do you feel about super teams? And in particular, we could use the Nets as, you know, they got they got three guys who have mm-hmm. over 30% usage rates, which is like, there's never been a team to have that. I know when they first got Harden, I saw a statistic that said, Kyrie, Durant, and Harden have a 92.3 career usage rate, which means if you're anybody <laughs> else on the team, you ain't doing shit yeah. but spotting up and taking threes. Mm-hmm. So how do you feel about super teams? Um, A lot of people complain about super teams, but I don't have a problem with it, but... It's like it creates like this thing, these all these storylines for the NBA throughout the season. Like it's not you boring. have a villain, right? Yeah, you have a villain. That's why the years with um, the Warriors was like so great for business for the NBA. Like they loved that for sure. Um, and you've seen it with the Nets. Like there's always a storyline coming out of it, like James Harden or Kyrie, KD. So I love it. I don't have I don't mind it. Like compared to like other people, who's like always complaining. Like how oh, can they join? It's like, we're not in the 80s anymore. Uh, what if, like, Mike joined the bad boys? Like, people like to throw that out there. But, I'm like, it's a different time. Like, these guys played AU together. Like, they're growing up together. So, they want to play together. Um, and they're trying to win. It's it's a different NBA. I think that's uh, that's the right answer. It's just, mm-hmm. it's just different now. The times have just changed. Like, you're no longer required to – just because – it's weird. I'm never buying a jersey again in the NBA. <laughs> like, why would I? If I'm a – like, yeah, I know Harden was at Houston for a good amount of time, but, you know, you're a Celtics fan. You get Kyrie, you're like, oh, shit, he's gone in 18 months, right? So it's like you just never know. Yeah, you sign a five-year deal after a year and a half, you have to be traded. And then you also have the entire organization and franchise by the balls. Mm-hmm. So I don't like the way the way the player goes about sabotaging the whole team. I don't like but then on the flip side, when I think of like the NFL, the team never cares about the player. Yeah. It's like, yo, I give you a hundred million dollar contract. It's not really a hundred million. It's like forty eight million. You gotta play out the five years, you know, two and a half years are guaranteed. Jarrell, you pull a hamstring, you're no longer a four three guy. Now you're four four five and you go from hundred twenty catches a year to ninety. It's like, hey, you know what, after year two peace out man yeah. what about the other 60 million no nah, go find that somewhere else mm-hmm. 
So I like that there's leverage with the NBA player, but then I also don't like how they sabotage the they just stop playing sometimes. Like AD was just like, yo, I'm not playing no more. It's it's the whole Draymond uh conversation for sure about like how it's a double standard, how players look like villains, but when ownership wants to sit out a guy, it's like, all right, nothing's going on. So I think I agree with him one hundred percent. And like how players. I saw your tweet. You were like, some of y'all don't even understand what he's yeah, saying. It's deeper, man. It's like how they um, paint. Like, majority of the NBA is black guys. So it's like, take these millions and like, shut up. Don't talk about anything. So that's where I think Draymond was coming from. It's like, we have a voice now. Like, you can't tell us like what to do. Um, and these guys are, they're humans. Like, they want to play in different locations. They have families. So they don't want to get stuck in a place where they're not happy at all so i see where he's coming from for sure dude there's such a double standard in the nfl too i think Mm -hmm. odell one time when he was with the giants put out a a video with like a drake song and it's brady being tossing his helmet being like let's fucking go Mm -hmm. and you know yelling at teammates and he pushed the coach and that's perceived by the public as passionate yeah cares about Mm -hmm. winning when odell does it he's a diva it's all about him he only cares about himself. And it's like, well, one guy is black. The other guy is white. And there is a double standard with mm-hmm. that. And with the NBA, like, yeah, what, 80% of the league is black? Yep. So when comments like that are made from the team, and then you hear someone like Draymond say it, that's why some people didn't understand yeah. it. And the media doesn't help at all with, like, painting these guys. Like, we did, like, 10 stories on James Harden, but some of these stories are going to, like, be like he's disgraceful he looks bad but like you don't know what what's going on in his life like he's probably not happy at all we talk so much about mental health and sports and i think this is like the right time to like start bringing up those issues like hey i want to be somewhere else like what's the problem with that like that's why i respect Kyrie. it's like everyone was like talking bad about him i don't think Kyrie's like crazy whatsoever i just think he's like he knows what's going on and He's just in a different mental mindset right right now. So, The issue that I had with James Harden was I felt like, at what point is it you, bro? Like, dude, if you, if you got married and divorced four different mm-hmm. times in like eight years, I'd be like, yo, Jarrell, you know what, man? Maybe you're a little <laughs> fucked up, bro. Yeah. Right? He's been through so many, like four different coaches, three, four different coaches. He couldn't play with Westbrook. He couldn't play with Dwight. I know it was not Orlando Magic, mm-hmm. Dwight. Chris Paul, he couldn't get along with. All these guys that are coming in. They're literally, Daryl Morey's doing everything to surround them with shooters. And and guys like P.J. Tucker that are just dogs down low. Yeah. And it's like, you're st- like, at what point do you just say, like, hey, man, it's you. Yeah. Right? 0 for 27 shooting as a team there. Or, like, the complete no-shows mm-hmm. that he has when the teams really need him. And that goes back even to, like, the Oklahoma City Thunder days, too. Mm-hmm. Like, in those those finals, I remember when they played the Heat, it was like, yo, the X Factor is going to be James Harden because they got that spark. And, like, what do you have, like, nine points a game in yeah. the finals? Something really ridiculous. Mm-hmm. I'm not trying to paint these guys as heroes all the way. No, nah, I hear what you're saying. But it's like when ownership can tell, like, Blake Griffin, like, hey, we're going to sign to this mega contract, but we could still we're still going to trade you. So it's like, yes, I feel some type of way. Like, you've committed me. Like, you gave me all this money. But at the end of the day, you're going to trade me. Like, I'm nothing. 
So I see like where they're coming from, like being pissed off. It's like you guys really don't care about me. It's a business. You treat me like property. Like I'm a human being. So that's where I see where they're coming from. But at the same time, these guys be wild. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure, man. Like James Harden right before training camp was in Vegas with like little baby. Yeah, and then all like, you, like you apparently, can't do that. Yeah, he showed up like 15 pounds <laughs> overweight. It's like, hey, man, listen. I know you're not happy, but you're also, like, not really doing us a favor yeah. as well. It's weird, man. It's weird because, like, I, I've been something that's been super... I've been someone that's super outspoken about, like, mental health and some of the issues that I've had. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until, like, I went through them where I started to understand, like, you know, Paul George last year talking mm-hmm. about the bubble and, like, yo, I was away from my family and it was a different element and I was out of my comfort zone. So I get that. But at the same time, there are some actions that these guys take that it's, like... Are you just saying that to have an out as opposed to that being the real reason why? Yeah. Yeah. With Kevin Love, DeMar DeRozan and Paul George, I think these guys genuinely like they feel they had these thoughts about like, hey, um, I feel lonely or like depression is real. Like they're human beings. And we're finally seeing that side of the NBA. It's like just don't shut up and like. Dribble. Yeah, basically. Basically, like, yeah, yeah. These guys have feelings as well. So I'm glad that they're speaking out on all these issues and we're seeing like, them being vulnerable, like <laughs> discussing these issues. And also going back to before the double standard that we mentioned <clears throat> about Odell and Brady, the, the thing that happened with Drew Brees over the summer. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, he can't speak his thoughts. But then when LeBron and KD said it, it was shut up and dribble. It's like, yeah. well, clearly we're not idiots. We <laughs> can tell why. Because one's a white dude and these these two mm-hmm. powerful black dudes so that's why you feel that type of way. Yeah. But I love what the NBA did last year, man, taking the stand. I really, one of my favorite moments was the Bucks just saying, we're not playing this game. Mm-hmm. And there were a lot of reports that came out after. And I feel like you're more tapped in in the NBA. What Was it possible that the season was going to get called there from what uh, you had heard? Because I heard some stuff that they were really saying, like, you know, uh, apparently LeBron had LeBron, Chris Paul. Mellow, they called like Barack Obama, and they're like, "Yo, what should we do?" Yeah, they was it was really gonna happen. Uh, LeBron was gonna walk away from everything, and the Lakers are the fa- they were the favorites. Um, and think about that for a second, man, crazy. because we we slander, <laughs> and when I say we, I don't mean me in particular, but uh, like our culture, mm-hmm. we hate this dude. Like, there's a lot of hate mm-hmm. towards LeBron, and all because of a decision, mm-hmm. which he also donated that mm-hmm. money to the Boys and Girls mm-hmm. Club too. And yeah, my bad, bro. I gave you seven years in Cleveland and you gave me fucking yeah. Larry Hughes. Like, no disrespect to Larry Hughes, but come on, man. Like, you see all the player movement and it's like, you have to credit him for like all the... Of course, like, player it's empowerment. Like it's it's all because yeah. of him. And yo, not for nothing, I love South Beach. Mm-hmm. If I'm LeBron and you're waiting, you're like, yo, bro, pull up to South Beach, man. We'll have a good time. We could be here a couple of years. We have a good team. Win a championship. Win a championship. Right. Great weather. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I just gave you all I could for seven years and you didn't support me enough. Yeah. Now I have the decision. And my favorite thing about free agency is the player gets to dictate where we, he wants to go. Whereas in the draft process, the team picks the player. Mm-hmm. So you have to allow that dude to have that luxury to pick where he wants to go. Yeah. You can't hate him for that. Mm-hmm. And we had a couple guys in the bubble. Uh, like our senior writer was down there like when everything like stopped. And he was, like, outside of the, like, meeting room. Like, media couldn't be in it. But he was, like, telling us, like, this is real. <laughs> like, this is, like, really happening. And it was, like, LeBron and the Lakers and the Clippers. They was, like, trying to walk away from, like, everything. Um, I heard, like, MJ, like, got on the phone and talked to him as well about everything, what was going on. 
But which is interesting because he's always shot away yeah. from any social issues. Mm-hmm. You know, like the famous thing he said, he's like Republicans wear yeah. Jordans also like way back in the day when he was first starting up. And then the last chance documentary, they always talked about like how he w- didn't show up for certain things mm-hmm. that if he was there, it could have influenced different people. And for him to come out and say that, that was yeah. probably and very look telling. look at him like. He's their, icon, their of course, idol, yeah. for sure. So, like, a big brother or uncle. And, like, if you see Mike, like, talk about him, like, hey, like, we could work work these issues out. It's like, all right, we got his backing, so let's do it. But I just think they was blindsided by the Bucks without, like, telling none, none of the teams, like, what they was about to do. But I think everyone would have, like, definitely, like, accepted what they was trying to do. I want to ask you about the Jazz. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you laughing? <laughs> like, I know they're on the hot streak, but it's like, I still have the Lakers, Clippers, and of course the Nets, like, above them. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm not I getting know. crazy. I, like, but... I, I know they're, like, really good, but Do I'm you still think... not a believer. So, this is how I feel about the Jazz. Right now, they've won eight in a row at the time of recording, mm-hmm. but they're on this, like, ridiculous, like, 17 of 18 that they've won. Something absurd. And, and from a sports betting perspective, they... They're like 19 and one against the spread their last 20 games. Mm-hmm. It's something ridiculous. Like if you were to start betting them $100 every game, you'd probably be up like close to $2,500 just like rolling your money mm-hmm. over, which is basically like paying rent in, in New York City <laughs> nowadays. But this is how I feel about the Jazz. I think it's a combination of two things. The circumstances we talked about earlier with some of these teams are coming in hobbled. They're all healthy. Conley seems to be the Conley that people thought they were getting last year. <laughs> and then also this team has pretty much been the same team for about four, four years yeah. now. It's been yeah. the same core, same head coach, mm-hmm. the two stars, Gobert and Mitchell. So they're comfortable with each other. Yeah, and you got to think, Rudy got that big contract, Donovan as well. So it's like, hey, they rewarded us like how like playing. So let's go out and show them what we can do now. But... It's like still levels. Still, still levels. Like LeBron's on, is right in your way, and I can't see them like beating them in the playoffs. You know that that's a team that I think would benefit if they had fans in there too, because like yeah. Utah is a very it's crazy, crazy, very controversial mm-hmm. city too, right? Like Russell Westbrook has had mm-hmm. his issues with them. The Last Dance documentary showed some stuff about Utah. But I feel like the Jazz, I picked them to win the finals last what? year when they got Conley. What? I was just like, yo, Conley I mean, is... they was doing good in the playoffs, but Jamal Murray. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, yeah. He was yeah. going off. But also, like, Conley was like a, a super dud until it was too late. By the time in their route, it was a terrible call. But I was on Miami, dude, last year. Mm-hmm. I was on Miami heavy. And now this year, they're... I, just, I think they're going to be good during the playoffs. It's just like right now, they're like going through it. Is like injuries and like they're just not in a good groove right now. But I think do you like this seven, ten, eight, nine thing that they're doing? Do you but, like about the like the playing games? Um, I do. It, it creates more excitement for sure. Um, like it sucks that a team like the Suns, like they came so close to like making the playoffs, like they won. Oh, you're talking about last yeah, year, right? Last yeah, season, yeah, yeah. They yeah, went eight and zero in the bubble, but they still didn't make the playoffs. But it creates excitement for sure. What do you think? I think so, too. I think urgency sells. That's why people love March Madness. Yeah. That's why people love the NFL, because it's one and done, right? Like, oh, shit, Duke is down eight with nine minutes left. Like, mm-hmm. Let me tune in now. Whereas in the NBA, it's you got to really... Something special needs to happen for you to beat LeBron 
four times in seven yeah. games, right? Like something special needs to happen for you to beat those warrior teams or whatever it might be. Whereas more times than not, the right teams win, right? Like the right team won last year. The Maybe not the right team won the year before in Toronto, but when you factor in that they lost KD, they lost Clay, like, yeah, the right team yeah. didn't win. But for the most part, it's always, I think since 1980, 1980, only three times did a Vegas non-top five favorite win the finals. And it was like, the first year the Pistons did it in mm-hmm. in no no oh. in, in the eighties like the first year the Bad Boys mm-hmm. oh, Pistons gotcha. did it they were like the eighth favorite to win the finals, the next time was the O four Pistons mm-hmm. and then it was the Mavericks, and then so it's four now because I remember the Raptors mm-hmm. too were like twenty to one odds they were maybe like the fifth favorite in the East so for the most part it's it's always chalk like if you just look at the odds you're like all right one of these five teams are gonna win it yeah. and like even this year it was Lakers it was Clippers. It was Nets, it was the Bucks and the Celtics. Mm-hmm. So, if I was to tell you right now, bro, you got a hundred dollars to bet you're picking one of those teams, would you not? Yeah, I would. What's your finals prediction right now from what you've seen? Hmm. I said Lakers Nets at the start of the year. It's it's gonna be Lakers Nets. That's if everyone's healthy. Right. That's, that's what I'll do. Like, if everyone's healthy, if AD's back, if Kyrie is playing out of his mind still, and they could gel, I think. We'll see that final series. Yeah, it's crazy because uh, I was like a lot of stuff could happen. Um, the Bucks are gonna start playing well again. Never know what could happen. Um, you have the Heat; they're gonna wake up at some time. The Celtics—they are—they have some chips to like make a big trade. So they do, yeah, yeah. Well, that's another thing we got to look out for. Some someone's gonna get moved. There's always yeah. a a piece that gets moved. You know, obviously this year James Harden got moved a lot earlier, but. You know, there's there's one team I also I'm, I made note of is the Sixers. Mm-hmm. I I bet Ben Simmons to win Defensive Player of the Year this year. And right now he's the favorite. I got him at twelve to one odds mm-hmm. at the time. Is this finally the Ben Simmons everyone's been hoping for? Fourteen, I, eight, and eight. But mm-hmm. I think there was there was two instances where he went. LeBron had like thirty five on the <laughs> Sixers, which is crazy because that year that. Iguodala won MVP. Mm-hmm. He contained LeBron, but LeBron had like yeah. 36, he could 12, have still won and 8. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> so you're never going to stop LeBron, right? Mm-hmm. But it's the idea of, I feel like Simmons is physical enough to be able to like check him and, you know, just let him know that he's there. Yeah. And then they played the Blazers a couple days ago, a couple of games ago, and like he was locking up Damian Lillard. Mm-hmm. Like Simmons is like, what, 6'11, bro? Like, yeah. This isn't a guard, and he's he's the most versatile defender in the league, I feel like. And I, I think this is the Simmons that everyone's been, like, standing over all these years. Yeah. People are going to keep knocking him for, like, the jump shoot. shot. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> um, but he's, like, really, really good. But I don't know about the fit with Joel. It's like... That's another big NBA Twitter talking yeah, point. Like, like, I don't know if they could get it done. Um, that's why I was, like... Is the trade going to happen? Are they going to trade um, Simmons for Harden? And I think that's a way like better fit and for Philly. But we'll see what happens with them. Um, Embiid is an MVP candidate right now, and your boy is is not there at at this moment. But he's talented. I I really want to see him in a new situation if things don't go well this season. So 
We'll see. If he could like handle a team by himself. You don't you don't give him a pass because they got a new regime in Philly. Now with Doc Rivers there yeah, too. Yeah, I definitely want to see him like try this year. Um and the East is like wide open. If then that's fall apart, but <laughs> I would love to see what happens. But if it doesn't work this year, you have to try to blow it up, I think. Dude, as we start to wind down a little bit, um, I gotta say that after you came on the show last year, started getting some big name athletes on there. So like, what are you thinking? Five percent, ten percent, my way. Maybe a pair of sneakers would be nice. Like, what the fuck? Yeah, I got a, I got a couple <laughs> pairs of sneakers for you for sure, bro. That's love, man. Just the thought of it is cool, dude. You uh, you've you've interviewed some pretty big names. You had AD on a couple weeks ago mm-hmm. too. That was cool. That's all through Sports Illustrated. Yeah. Um. <laughs> What's funny about that interview, it was supposed to be a video interview, and I thought they were, were recording it, and after this, like, no, we didn't record, and I didn't even have my phone out to, like, record the interview myself, so I was like, so we did all of that, and it was, like, a great interview, like, he gave me a lot of stuff about, like, Kobe's anniversary, what was coming up, um, his first Super Bowl commercial, and I was, like, panicking, like, right after the interview, they was like, yeah, we didn't record, I was like, come on. But somehow they found the audio version of it and they sent my way. But it was pretty cool to have them on. Um, that's this my that was my second time interviewing them. Have you interviewed people and after like multiple times the same person multiple times? Uh, Stephen Curry. Uh, interviewed him at least four times by now, and it's pretty cool. Like when they like notice you, like oh yeah, that's we, what I was we, gonna we ask. We mentioned like we talked before. Because every time he has, like, a sneaker release, I get to interview him. And this time he launched the Curry brand. His like own brand is, like, Jordan brand, but for stuff. Right, right, right. And it was pretty cool to, like, talk to him on the phone about that. Damn, that's so cool, man, that he, he remembered you. Yeah. That's awesome. I'm trying to think. Uh, interview that got to be validating, no? Where, like, yo, my work is legit and it's respected. Yeah, and as we mentioned, it's, like, I created this unique niche. Like, they know me for, like, a specific thing. Like, I'm not in, like, the the media. Like, I'm scrum. Just ask them, like, how was the game? So they know me from, like, the sneaker road as well. Right. So it's pretty cool. Damn, that is pretty cool, man. Dude, this is uh this has been fun. The last thing I want to ask you as we wind down is what team do you think has the best chance to – duplicate what the Warriors have done mm. which I know is very weird because mm-hmm. we spent a lot of time about players maneuvering around and this idea that a team has a 10-year window you can't think like that anymore yeah especially in the NBA like yeah in the NFL like all right you got Pat Mahomes you're gonna win 11 games every year no matter what but in the NBA I feel like you can't do that anymore because yeah you just signed Devin Booker for five years he might want out in, in eight months you just never know what what team do you think, all right, they got all the right pieces. There's no drama. There's no issues that we know of mm-hmm. that you could see maybe being a mini dynasty like that. Man, that's so tough to see right now because the NBA changes like this. So it's like it could be a team that comes out of nowhere. But the stars aligned for the Warriors. Like everything fell into place. So I don't know. Like that, KD, Steph, Klay Thompson, Draymond. Like are we ever going to see that again? Uh, and to their credit, tremendous drafting, too. Yeah, for sure. Like, that whole core, Harrison Barnes, Draymond, mm-hmm. Curry, Clay, like, they drafted all those yep. guys. Like, 
a t- they call the the Hawks like the baby warriors, but I mm. I can't see them like morphing into a dynasty. Like not at this moment. Um, like they drafted Trey, they drafted Kevin to be like the Clay Thompson. Um, they drafted DeAndre Hunter to be like the Draymond. Like they trying to follow the Kevin Herter. Me, my buddy Impy and I had a running joke where we would text each other during like Hawk games on League Pass because I have League Pass, so I don't have cable. Mm-hmm. So I've been watching a lot of basketball this year. I just stream it on like my Xbox. I have the app on there, and there'll be games last year and the year before where I would text them like, "Yo, Giannis or Herder right now?" Who says no? <laughs> just because NBA Twitter loved them because mm-hmm. there was like this advanced analytics movement that has taken over the NBA and all sports. But his, like, per 36 was insane, and his shooting mm-hmm. percentage was insane, but he wasn't getting the, like, a right amount of shots mm-hmm. for him. It was, like, this crazy weird thing. So I would always be like, yo, Clay Thompson in the first for Herder. <laughs> Who says no? It was just so funny, but I feel you on that yeah. with the Hawks. Yeah, I just don't see any team uh, like that. Like, it will be weird to say the Nets, but because Katie was part of the Warriors, but I think they – in the best position right now like they have three guys who could give you 50 any night it's just their defense sucks yeah but if they like add a few more pieces like they're gonna be good like for years to come that's true you also have this like mid-level exception buyout thing that's gonna start happening within the next couple of weeks which is gonna be interesting i know like blake griffin has been rumored to be one of those guys kevin love not not so much for them going Mm -hmm. to the nets but i think those are some names that you need to uh you need to um, consider. All right, we were just interrupted by Ty, who we've mentioned five, six times on the pod, just pulled up on us now. Shouts to Ty, man. But, yeah. but dude, um, it's with the Nets, right? I think the the biggest thing for them is going to be just being able to keep all those personalities under control. Like Steve Nash is like, yo, the vibes are right right now. Mm-hmm. But... We talked about Kyrie. We talked about James Harden. Obviously, Durant. There, I felt like Durant was going to be fine after this injury anyway, just because he's a shooter. Yeah. He's not heavy set. Mm-hmm. Where like his game is not like that. He doesn't rely on him. exactly. He's not like a LeBron or anyone. Like his that. explosiveness is a it's a perk for him. Yeah. But this is a dude who could play until he's forty just because he mm-hmm. could shoot. So I felt like him coming back off the Achilles, and as a Knicks fan, I was sick that they didn't take the chance. Yeah. Bro, you've given out all these shit-ass contracts all these years. You, you're not going to take a chance on a dude who is the best player in the league because mm-hmm. he was injured? Who cares? What's He's the worst that could happen? He's kind of Yeah, if, if anything, it's just going to go down the list of all the other bad contracts that you've given out. Mm-hmm. So I, I think the Nets, they're probably I – w- I would pick them over the Lakers. Yeah. Um, are you talking about, like, the finals in general? Yeah, right like, now? like right now. Yeah, uh – it depends how AD's going to look when he comes back. That's true. I just think they they have more depth. Like, they have Schroeder. They have Kuzma. They have Trez now as well. It's like <laughs> even KCP has looked okay. And Caruso, he doesn't get that much love. But they have, like, a solid core. And they all know their roles when it comes to, like, playing with LeBron and AD. So the chemistry is there. And the Nets, like, it's those three guys, but beyond them, that's where I get a little bit worried. Yeah, they're super top heavy. Yeah. Like their next best guy is what, Joe Harris? <laughs> exactly. The random white dude that mm-hmm. just hits threes. Like they signed uh, Andre Robeson and uh Iman <clears throat> Shepard to like be Word. these defensive stoppers, but 
they both coming off injuries, and I don't know how they're going to look. They also haven't played in a while, yeah, too. Like sure. uh, Especially Roberson more than – I know he played a little bit in the bubble. Like, he had a three, and, like, everyone was going crazy because of the route mm-hmm. he came back from. And can DeAndre Jordan play in the playoffs? Like, they're going to expose him, like, pick and rolls, like, get him out on the perimeter. He's – yeah, they don't cook them probably. My, my buddy Dylan's a big Nets fan, and he's like, "Yo, couldn't couldn't Kyrie and Durant be friends with a way better center than like <laughs> DeAndre Jordan?" Exactly. Like that's why I heard like they're trying to get like Drummond, but I don't know if that's gonna happen. But still, like he doesn't provide that much shooting. Like he's an outstanding rebounder. But we'll see. Yo, is there anything new that you would want to do or try? In like terms with of what? like with your career, what you're doing now? Like, are you? Are you, like, happy with where you're at? Are you looking to, I don't know, start a podcast, do anything, any new venture? Like, Yeah, I'm trying not to be complacent. Like, I love Sports Illustrated, but I know I have to build my own brand. I have to seek other opportunities somehow. Even if I'm, like, staying with Sports Illustrated, it's like I have to do something outside of it as well. Um, that's why I'm continu- continuously, like, building, like, my own brand is, like, you have to in this business. Um, there's guys who are in my position, but they don't have like these social media followings. Like they don't express themselves. They don't promote themselves at all. And that's why I like being authentic and like talking to people and being myself. Like on Twitter, I could talk to anyone and develop a relationship. Um, that's why I'm here. Like that's why I love your show. Is like you're really authentic. You really work hard. Like look at this room right now. Like you actually put in the work to get here. So. That's, like, something that I don't know if it's, like, shows, but I also, like, love writing. It could be a book. It could be a show. It could be a podcast. I'm, like, still looking for opportunities. I don't know yet, but I'll find it. Well, you definitely have the story for it, for sure. Yeah. And you're super active on Twitter, which is dope because that's how, like, yo, I don't, I, don't, I don't get people that are in this line of work and they're not active. Mm-hmm. Like, I got friends that do shows and it's like, yo, you post once a week. Like, that ain't good. Dude, I post, like. I try to get 20 things out every day and I found this, this app, which again, I've, I've emailed them. I'm like, yo, we need to collab because I shout you guys all the time. It's a scheduling app and it could, you could schedule your whole week's worth of tweets. So like, if you know that a certain amount of sneakers are coming out, you could pre tweet, have it ready and it'll go out on its own, bro. I get pissed when I see like people in the industry that they don't promote themselves at all. I'm like, and they're good, right? Yeah, like they're, they're like great. Yeah, it's like some of the people that I work with as well. I'm like, you guys are like awesome, but you don't even promote your work. You don't promote other work. It's like, do you feel like as as someone looking on the outside in, do you feel like they do themselves a disservice because that seems as if they don't trust their work because they're not so out and about it? I think they trust their work. It's just they don't want to put in the effort to like go the effort, like the extra mile to like to put it out there but like me every time i like do an interview or something i'm i'm gonna put it on every single social media site you know, i try yeah, to make that's sure how it should be. everyone sees it so you gotta become undeniable bro mm-hmm. like that's what we were, we were talking about linkedin before yeah. like that's a new one that i'm diving into because i'm trying to post it everywhere more eyes the better yep and why sure. not you trust your work and you know it's good <laughs> you know like i wouldn't have built this if it was trash so it's just taking the right steps and you know the baby steps yeah, you got to showcase your portfolio to the world, man. That's that's true. Yeah, this is all a resume mm-hmm. builder. Like, everything. your social media becomes a resume. Yeah. And everything is an audition. Like, even if you're not actively looking for something, but there's a brand or someone out there that's, like, 
wow, this guy is incredible. Like, I want to work with him someday in some capacity. Now, when I go into meetings and interviews, they never ask me for my resume from school. Mm-hmm. Like, I have a digital media resume, yeah. analytics of the show, what I do, this and that. So it's like the times are changing. You have to mm-hmm. adapt to it. Exactly. So, and I'm like always like trying to build my resume and like, you have to add all these things that you do. Like for sure, I'm going to keep adding like all the interviews I do. I'm going to mention it to everyone. So, yeah, I got a, I got a, I got a graphic that I update with every new name that comes on the Mm -hmm. show. And then I have it like in an email preset and it just updates. Yeah. So when I send out to new guests, it's more appealing to them. Like, oh, you've had so-and-so on your show. It's credibility. Yeah. Um, But I want to ask like, what's the future for you? Well, I'm I'm sitting on a really big decision I got to make, man. Mm-hmm. I've been sort of a little cryptic with it. You know, I felt a little fatigued. That's why at the time that we're recording using that app, I'm not going to mention them again because I mentioned them <laughs> at nauseum and I want to see if they're going to pay first before I give them I another hear you. plug. I hear you. But, dude, I took a little bit of a break, man, because I felt like I was getting burnt out. I felt like I've been going balls to the wall for about 18 months now. You know, the show used to be different. There used to be five other people on the show. And then, like, sort of life just got in the way. Like, people got new jobs. People wanted to dive in into their own thing. Other people just didn't want to do it no more. And I have a very strict, like, yo, there's a door, bro. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't need anybody to be down with me. Like, you can't beg someone to fuck with you, no matter what it is. Yeah. So it just got to a point where I was the only one that really wanted to do this. So I took it over. And then at first it was like, you know, it was a roller coaster. And then I got, pick up, I got picked up by Blue Wire, which was very validating because it's like, oh, like, they... They like the show for me. Like, they don't even know who the other guys were. And for me now, man, my, my main thing is I, I don't want to be waking up at the times that I'm waking up. I get so exhausted. Like, I'm turning 30 in three weeks. But I feel I feel great physically. But, like, there's times in my mind where I'm like, man, that whole grind and sleeping through, like, the middle of my day and waking up dark, going to bed dark, it's like, it's just taking its toll. So for me, there's a big decision that I got to make in the next couple of weeks. Yeah. You know, I told you a little mm-hmm. bit about it behind <clears throat> behind the scenes, but that's probably the next one, man. And I take, I treat this like my off season because that's when I experiment more. Yeah. You know, usually I have my editor comes and sits where Ty's sitting right now and he'll be working the cameras and he'll be doing shit like that. And then he'll take the files and he'll edit it. Mm-hmm. Then he'll send it back to me. So there's a whole team that's behind this also. But that's another thing I realized, like, yeah, you could do it all on your own, but it's better when you delegate also. It just makes it easier. Yeah. And I love that you believe in yourself. Like, you got the merch. Like, you're going to promote the show, build the studio. Like, out of nothing. Like, this is, like, awesome. So, I appreciate you. You're really going to get somewhere. Thanks, like, man. That means a lot because you've been, you've, been you've been hustling, too, and, and going through the ropes. You told your story before. And I love that. That's my favorite thing about this, the, the show is because I get to learn so much from people and I'm like a sponge. I like getting information from others. Like what worked for them, what worked for you, for her, whatever it might be. And I'm a I'm a hustler at heart, man. Mm-hmm. Like I'm like if I told you how much all this cost me, like I'm just I'm comfortable like financially mm-hmm. to keep it real with you. Yeah. But it's like I got to cut out a lot of things. Obviously now it helps that there's no COVID. So I don't, there, there's COVID. So I don't need to worry about going out and partying and whatnot, but it's sacrifice, man. And when I have a little momentum with something, that's when I double down. I'm like, fuck it. Let's just go all in. Yeah. And it's, 
everything that happened with the studio is exactly what I thought was going to happen. Mm-hmm. The credibility from the outside looking in has changed. Public perception has changed. More people are hitting me up about it, whether to come on or to network or to whatever it might be. So it's money well spent for yeah, sure. For sure. Yeah. Where do you see yourself in five years? <laughs> Ideally, not in New York, man. Mm-hmm. That's, that would be cool. I've always wanted to, to leave New York. But I never had anything that I like. You could go and live in LA because you have a degree. You have like you've worked with these companies. Like I'm an independent. It's completely different for me. Mm-hmm. And I never had that option to go anywhere until now with some of the decisions that need to be made. So that'll be it. And and I like that I'm doing it my own way. You know, like I don't say anything outrageous and I'm gonna end up on CNN having to apologize <laughs> for it. But there's no restrictions. No one tells me how or who to speak to. I get the guests on my own. I prefer getting guests. My number one criteria for getting a guest, bro, is if I know them. Mm-hmm. It just makes it way better. Yeah. You were talking before about how you don't like when you interview certain people because of... I don't, I don't, I don't want to say you don't like, but the interview doesn't go as well when it's like, oh, they want to promote this new toy that they're releasing, right? Because it's all about that. You can't ask them anything personal. Whereas here, I pick the guests. I pick the talking points. Everything is done on my own. So it's like I reap all the rewards and all the blame when it doesn't work. Dude, this was an honor and a pleasure. Thanks for pulling up. Appreciate you, man. What, uh, give people the social media handles if there's anything that's dropping. If, uh, if maybe a lucky fan gets a pair of sneakers before I do. (laughs) Yeah, I got you for sure, man. Now that I know your size. But, uh, you can follow me at Jarrell Harris on Instagram. J-A-R-R-E-L Harris. And on Twitter, for some reason, someone has my... Username, my full name. So you have to do underscore Jarrell Harris. Bro, I have the same issue. I can't I can't use Nick Days on anything. <laughs> I'm so So everyone calls me Lamb, so I just have the <laughs> Lamb show. So there's that. Guys, thank you for listening. At Veterans Minimum was you can find everything on the show. At the Lamb Shows we can find me. Shouts to Ty in the background as always. Shady the Connect, man. You're the one that set this all up <laughs> a while ago. Thank you all for listening. We'll catch you guys next time. This one for those they forget in my city. This one for those they forget. Yeah. This dog off the leash and is ready to kill. kill. Homie, go finish your meal. I'm coming for real. Taking that food right off of your grill. Nicky too ill. Can't let a drop of me spill. Clogging the lane. I'm feeling the strain. I'm here for the spot to be filled. Not to be cocky, but all of you watching while I'm in the cup paying property bills. Got it.